Hello and welcome to Sumo Mainichi. My name's Dave. I'm here with Amy. And we are here to bring you all the action from the entire Aki Basho 2022 that just wrapped up in Tokyo, Japan. Wow, what a basho. What a time for sumo. What a time for us. Yeah, well, we're newly arrived back in the country. Uh, as you know, we live in Australia and we've been on a holiday and it took us quite a long time to get home. We went to Thailand. We went to Bangkok. We went to Koh Samui and Koh Tao. It was amazing. But we did book a very late flight back. We we went for the, the cheaper flight and it was meant to leave at 9.50, but it ended up leaving at, at about, about 1am. Yeah, about 1am Saturday morning uh, and that's Bangkok time, which was 4am Australia time. Yeah. So we got back sometime near lunch today. Yep. We're pretty sleepy pretty right now. Pretty tired. We oh. went straight into the SEMO, which was awesome to watch it. The whole way through because we've just been watching catch up. Yeah. So the, the, I mean, our holiday basically covered the whole 15 days of the basho. Mm. So we were snorkeling and swimming, <laughs> uh, having cocktails on the beach during the day and then popping back to the hotel room at night to take in a little bit of sumo uh, each night, which it's a great way to holiday. Yeah. We would watch Jurio first always, then Makuchi, of course. And then when we got a little sleepy later on, we'd, we'd often put on uh, Makushta and just it just goes for so long and there are so many names and combinations of, of names. You'd, you know, you'd be woken up by your favourites <laughs> and the, the names that you, uh, you love to watch, but then you'd sort of be lulled off to sleep by Makushta every night. <laughs> yeah, I was always, um, like as you said, we were watching it at the end of the day when we were quite mm. tired. Uh, and each day I, I was thinking, will I see Asanoyama today? And I, I think I only saw him one or two yeah, times. Yeah, I'm not sure we made it to him very often. I mean, we know what happened, of course, yeah, but yeah, yeah, sometimes we uh, we were snoring way before, <laughs> after a few Changs, of course. Absolutely. But we had a great time in Thailand. It was really, really fun, but it's great to be back in it. As I said before, it really was great to, to watch it live. Uh, before we kick into it, we'll, we've got a whole lot of... Uh, stuff to talk about, of course, but we just wanted to say thank you to the contributors to our Sumo Mainichi Sake Fund. This uh, couple of months, uh, we've had Jerisa, Joel, Robert, Daniel and Melinda contribute, which is just so special to us because we we really, you know, we don't do it every day anymore and we don't ask for this anymore, but um, any contributions are really Valued. It, it really uh, is appreciated. And thank you so, so much for the people who do contribute. And thank you to the people who don't and just listen yep. and, and hang out with us and enjoy Sumo together. If you would like to contribute, you can uh, use the link in our bio on yep. socials. It's PayPal, Sumo Manichi on PayPal. No pressure though. No, you don't have to. Let's Please talk, don't. <laughs> let's talk Sumo. We're, yeah, let's, let's go for it. So one thing that we did notice that I think we talked about last time um, in July was that the vibe is really coming back. Now, they didn't let people sing the national anthem this time around still. You still need to keep on your mask and stay masked up the whole time. But there was a whole lot more um, screaming on the outside. Well, there certainly was. And, you know, I mean, watching the, the uh, live coverage today, I saw a few instances of uh, a few people dropping the mask, slamming down a drink, which I love to see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it certainly feels like it's back, doesn't it? Yeah, lots of calling out. I mean, that to me really um, does establish a sort of really fun vibe. It means that people are participating. They know what's happening. They're not just kind of like eating their picnic while they're watching some you know, horse racing or something. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Just not participating exactly. in the sport. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. more like like AFL. And we just watched the AFL grand final actually in Bangkok as well. And everyone's screaming out and getting involved and, you know, having their, their banners and being able to call out for the person that they're there to support or just for everyone. We were lucky enough to get a uh, some first-hand information from our Sumo Mainichi correspondent, Robert, who gave us some info on exactly how that that vibe felt on the ground on day 12. Yeah, he said the vibe is definitely getting more lively. There were school trips, so they bring in, they bus in like whole school groups, whole sort of yeah. year level sometimes. <clears throat> and to me, I think of, of everything Robert told us, this was the thing that made me sit up and pay attention yeah. because I think one of the silent uh, victims yep. of the pandemic and sumo is that there's been this generation of young people. Oh, yeah. Who haven't seen sumo live. Good point. The flow on effect Generation. Is, well, it's <laughs> a generation. Years. Yeah. You know, these are your, you know, 10 to 12 year olds. They have younger siblings. Mm. And if those younger siblings don't see the older siblings get involved with sumo, how are the younger siblings going to really know important what to do? That they, they go and they sit on their phones the whole time. Exactly. And, you know, but it's important. You know, I, 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 I like to think that they're on uh, Wikipedia looking up... <laughs> Tamawashi's uh, records yep. and, you know, learning more about sumo while they're there. Yep. When Hidnumi changed from the pink mawashi to the brown, you know, they're interested in these details, they the are. kids. They, they are. want to find it out. So, so good to see. Robert also told us there are lots of families back, but yep. most importantly, couples. Yep. That's going to be us very soon. It certainly is. And look, I mean, in terms of, you know, I mean, Japan has a famously low birth rate and an ageing population. So to know that couples are back at the sumo, yep. this is how babies are made. <laughs> There's lots of kids there at the moment, yeah, actually. Yeah, great. We to saw see. even great today to in the coverage um, a girl uh, right up against the Hanamichi, sort of with her with her banner for um, someone in Makushta, I think it was. I think it was right when we started watching, and the mum and the daughter just like supporting their guy. And, um, yeah, it's just great to see the kids coming back. And actually, speaking of the yelling out, you can hear the kids as yeah. soon as the babies start to cry and the kids yeah. are calling out. That's so cool to hear as well. That's the sound of sumo. And Robert also said that drinking and eating is still allowed, mm. so it feels more rowdy. That's uh, It's important to smash a few highballs. <laughs> it really, really is. Uh Look, I, I think one of the big contrasts I felt during this basho compared to July, mm. COVID uh, mm. wasn't the big talking point and it feels like such a relief to say that not a single ricochet that I'm aware of in the higher divisions yeah. went out once the basho had started due to COVID. Yeah, I didn't expect this at all. I didn't think that – I knew that the new rules would stop as many guys going out, but I didn't think that nobody would. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really good sign and – I guess everyone's obeying the rules and the numbers are coming right well, they now, are. aren't they? Um, the seven-day average as of today, day 15, uh, is 6,775. Contrast that to the final day of July, it was 23,000 mm. more than. And obviously the big news that's come out in the last week is that Japan is easing its restrictions in terms of <laughs> foreign visitors yep. Uh, coming into the country for a holiday, not part of a tour group, a whole list of countries uh, are, are able to come in 
without a visa now, uh, no quarantine, Japan Travel is back. Yes, it's back. We have already looked up quite a few times. I mean, we've both, we both have to take leave over Christmas, actually, and we looked up uh, tickets then, but it's so expensive. So expensive. I don't know if yeah. everyone else is finding that as well, but especially over the Christmas time. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but maybe some travel there next year. Yeah, well, I, I think see how that goes. we're having a very close look at March. Mm. So Osaka, Basho, probably look at going you know, for the first week. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if there are any other Sumo Mainichi fans who are going to be in Osaka. Yeah. Let's go to the let's crab do restaurant. It. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, that crab, crab time. restaurant on Dotonbori. Let's do it. Let's talk Sumo. Uh, but great to see that the COVID protocols are working. Sumo continues unharmed as for now. The big news though, let's get in to the pointy end of this basho. We have a Yusho winner. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's Tamawashi. And it brings a huge smile to my face. I'm really, really happy about this. Tamawashi, probably, I would say, universally loved. Has you ever, have you ever seen someone arc up against Tamawashi? No, I mean, how could you? I, I think he's incredibly, he's a likeable ricochet. And, and it, his sumo is very likeable as well. Yep. I think it's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it as we go through this episode, but just straightforward, strong, accurate, honest. Mm-hmm. It's very honest. Mm-hmm. And look, obviously there was a bit of drama today around how he won it. Uh, he was up against Takiyasu. Takiyasu had fought valiantly to put himself in a position uh, to, if he could beat uh, Tamawashi today, he yep. could force a playoff later yes. in the day. Now I do notice that Tamawashi and Takiyasu were fighting a bit early for me. Yeah, they they scheduled it early, didn't they? So it was the eighth last bout of the day. And they did play around with the positioning as much as they could, I think, as much as they could sort of push the traditional way of doing things because they did put it after yeah. some of the Magashira, the later Magashira bouts. So it actually probably should have gone a little bit earlier, but they pushed it back as far as they can, but they couldn't push it back well, any further than that. Well, know, I mean, stop. They could. They could. You know my feelings on this. Put it last. Rev the crowd up. Yeah. But look, it, it turned out that Tamawashi dominated Takiyasu here. And the way he did it, we saw him do this repeatedly through this basho. It was through very accurate and powerful Nodawa attacks. Yep. If anyone was going to stop uh, Tamawashi's dominance out of the touchy eye, I thought it would be Takiyasu. I went and watched uh, their second meeting back in 2012. It was an amazing touchy eye from Tamawashi that Takiyasu was able to pull up. And we saw him do that exactly today. But Tamawashi's follow-up was just so, so good. Ta- uh, Takiyasu had nowhere to go. Yeah, we said beforehand that if anyone, like you said, if anyone could stop it, it would be Takiyasu. He has blocked quite a few great Tachiai this time around. And actually in, in this case, I think that he had, Takiyasu had the better Tachiai, came forward uh, with the arm, with the forearm, which um, can really sort of yeah. push people away and, and block that really strong initial charge that Tamawashi was bringing out almost every single time. But yeah, then Tamawashi sort of just moved around a little bit, got on the other side of Takiyasu and was able to get that Nodawa in place and it's worked so well for him. I, I think there was something, yeah, obviously Tamawashi's had an, an incredible uh, basho, but that win against Tobizaru yesterday, I thought this is a 
a ricochet who is just on top of his game. It was so he quick, wasn't it? He it just was blasted him out. Yeah. Because we're going to talk a lot about Toby Zara and how much we've loved, absolutely loved his sumo this time around and we were really looking forward to him coming up against Tamawashi. And I didn't even feel let down by that match and how quick it was. I just thought it was a real sign of how great Tamawashi was going. It was just, just something so strong for him. And I think the contrast with Takiyasu's Basho, not to take anything away from Takiyasu's effort over the last 15 days, but it wasn't, it wasn't Yusho worthy to me. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. When you stack it up against Tamawashi and the way he won and just how quick and powerful he was, you know, Takiyasu continued to find ways to win, but I just, I never believed that he could do it today. Not once, let alone twice. Yeah, I felt the same way and I didn't feel as devastated as I did last time he missed out. He was in the driver's seat that whole time and it really was the other time and it was kind of his to lose at that point and he did and that was okay and he was dominated in the end by Wakataka Kage. But this time around, he, as you said, he did great sumo and he was always there and he was getting the wins when it counted, except for the end. But it didn't look to me like it was going to be possible for him to, even though we said he could stand up to the Tachiya and all of that, uh, it didn't seem possible to beat him the, the two times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Tamawashi, it was just an incredible effort. He finishes... Uh, with the Yusho 13-2. His second Yusho, of course, that magic moment back in January 2019, where from Sekiwake, he also posted a 13-2 to pick up his first Yusho. He's 37 years old. Yep. And today becomes the oldest Yusho winner. Yep. Yeah, so he pipped Kyoku Tenho. Who? The post who was there um, as a shimpan. Uh, around the side, he's one of our favourites yeah. because we were still watching when he was uh, when he was fighting, and he was one of the oldest rikishi, if not the no, I don't no, think you're one of the oldest. Close, yeah. When he retired, he um, in his last bout that we didn't know he was going to retire at that time, he cried. He started um, sort of leaking tears and went off down the Hanamichi, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's probably it." And he did choose to retire after that. But yeah, he was the previous oldest. Yusho winner and Tamawashi has pipped him at 37 and 10 months. So um, Kyokutenho was 37 as well, but fewer months. So I guess this begs the question, where to now for Tamawashi? Yeah, that's an interesting question because we saw during this Basho Tamawashi move into clear third place for the most bouts in a row without uh, missing one. So he got to uh, 1,456, overtaking Takatoriki, who's Oho's dad. And now at the end of this Vasho, the full 15 days, he has uh, 1,463 in third place of all time. Uh, Fuji Zakura is in second and he has 1,543. So he could overtake him. That's another 80 bouts and there's 90 in a year. So he could do that towards the end of next year. I I think, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what 2023 holds for Tamawashi. Uh, It it felt like in his post Basho interview that he's looking forward to November, still thinking he can do his style of sumo. Mm. And really, like, I think that if we saw anything, we saw about 
From Tamawashi, we saw how the experience and maturity can come together with that strength. And a body that's, he's been lucky to keep injury free over these years. He's got the head, he's got the body. Who knows where to from here? Yeah. It's an interesting thing to think about. We just enjoyed so much watching the experience because we'll talk so much today about the younger Rikishi and how excited we were by some of the guys coming through. And that's always or often the focus. But when we saw Tamawashi and Takuyasu match up today for the Akiyu show and their record against each other was 15-16 that went to 16-16 head to head. Yeah. That's so much experience in sumo. And we were really lucky to see that all come together today. Mm. It was a he got a King Boshi as well. So it was his seventh Kimboshi. He did get it against a, um, a Yokozuna who's struggling and, and we'll talk about his knees in a little bit. But seven Kimboshi in his career is is just fantastic. He beat the Ozeki, which again isn't, at the moment, isn't, you know, that much of a big deal. But just his wins were so strong and decisive. He was beaten twice. And there's an interesting common factor in the guys who beat him. It's Wakataka Kage and Wakamoto Haru. So mm. the, the two brothers, the brothers. Uh, put well, their heads together. As I suggested while we were watching, it would make a lot of sense you know, after the official matches were over to, to get Wakataka Moto, <laughs> the third and eldest brother of the three, to get out there and give Tamawashi a go against him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe if he does clean up all three brothers, does the dad know anything about sumo? <laughs> Yeah, well, well no, assume so. it'd be the three brothers who would overcome him. They beat him. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I've got that completely around the wrong way. So, yeah, get the dad out for sure. He could probably beat him as well. <laughs> <laughs> there might be cousins or, you know, distant relatives who might want to come out and try to beat Tabawashi Yeah, as we're well. trying to find a Waka brother or someone in the Waka family who that Tabawashi, Tabawashi can beat. <laughs> We did see, um, interestingly, Takakage and Wakamoto Haru fight in um, bouts, uh, consecutive bouts today, which uh, hasn't happened before. And um, I think Wakatakakage gave gave Wakamoto Haru the the Chikomitsu, so that was something nice to see. Um, but yeah, Tamawashi, second Yusho, his speech was very. Um, I said that he was shy, but you said that it was humble. Yeah, I, I just think he's he's seen a lot of sumo. And and I think he knows that winning a Yusho, a, a lot of things need to align. Some of it's about your skill and your perseverance and some about is just what your opponents dish up. Um, but a very popular winner of this Akibasho Yusho. He was. He also got the Outstanding Performance Prize, the Shukun Show. This is the second time he's got it. Uh, the other was when he got his Yusho in January 2019. The other Outstanding Performance winner was Toby Zaru. It was if win, he did win, and he was absolutely thrilled about <laughs> getting that prize in his interview. Oh, so he should be an outstanding effort for uh, from Toby Zaru, which we'll get to later. The fighting spirit, the Kanto Shaw, was given to Takiyasu, mm -hmm. the sixth time uh, he's been given that. The other one was Hokuto Fuji if win on day 15, and unfortunately he could not win, so was denied that prize. Takiyasu, I couldn't think 
of a better ricochet for the fighting spirit You would prize. never deny his fighting Absolutely spirit. Absolutely not. Now, interestingly, the Ginosho or the Technique Prize was given to Wakataka Kage. <laughs> not the first time. This is his fourth time receiving the Ginosho. How did you see his technique this time around? Yeah, it's interesting. It hadn't stood out to me at all. I think there wasn't a Technique Prize winner that I had in mind. We hadn't really seen, I mean, obviously we'd seen some um, outstanding moves from Wakamoto Haru, from Ura, uh, from Sadanoumi always yeah. pulls some off. Um, Wakataka Kage, though, you know, sort of did some fairly straightforward stuff, but it did make me wonder whether it was uh, something to do with his uh, his revenge uh, hanker, perhaps, against Takakesha. Yeah, you well, think I they mean, were rewarding that? Well, I think sometimes they, the JSA sees a technique that they just haven't seen before, a technique that takes multiple days to come to fruition. <laughs> and it's, as you said, the revenge hanker that uh, Wakataka Kage did against Takakesho. Now, of course, famously, the day before, yeah. Takakesho had hankered Hokuto Fuji. Yeah. Uh, everyone hated it. Uh, some people said it was unbecoming of Anozeki. One of those people was me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the thing about, there was a lot of discourse about yep. hankers this time around. Yep. And, you know. Well, there were a few that were a bit shocking, I suppose. Well, there were. Even Chiyoshoma hankering Hiradumi uh, when Hiradumi had started off so well and sort of he suddenly got introduced to the Chiyoshoma hanker and that one for me was a yeah. big like what like it just kind yeah. of it doesn't come out of nowhere but you go oh it's it sort of hurts my heart a little bit for that to happen to that person yeah look I, I do think as the western sumo community matures with our understanding of hankers you start to uh, you start to see some nuance mm, in, for sure. in the way it is yeah, much like the way a teenager will gulp down a a big cup of um, what's the the cheap champagne that kids buy? Passion it, pop. Passion pop. It's six dollars a bottle. It's alcohol. It's, it's sparkling wine or champagne. And at that age, you go, well, yeah, that's champagne. Yeah. But as you get I older, and squeeze you squeeze it straight out of the goon bag. Well, no, it comes in a nice, nice yeah, bottle. Yeah, passion with pop a pink, comes in a bottle. Yeah, but you right. can get yep. goon bag versions of it. But as you grow up, you start to realise, well, there's a lot of subtlety in, in <laughs> champagne and sparkling whites. Sure. And in the same way, there's a, there's a nuance in hankers. And I think that what we saw was an absolute, uh, we saw the spectrum of hankers this time it's around. It's only a hanker if it comes from the, <laughs> the Chiyoshoma region of Japan. Otherwise, Where's Chiyoshoma it, Otherwise it's a sparkling hatakikomi. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so so the the hanky you're talking about with Chiyoshoma, I thought, you know, it's a lesson for Hirudumi. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Hirudumi had a few people give him lessons this time around, you know, because he was new. Aoyama did a pull on him. Yeah, you know, Chishoma yeah. did a hanker on him. Everyone tried their thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And look, a great learning opportunity for him. Um, I did see on, on I can't remember whether it was Reddit or Twitter, because the thing about sumo is there's always new people coming to the sport and people wading into these um, online communities, mm. 
asking questions. And I think I saw it on Reddit going, what's the deal with hankers? Yeah, it, it it's, comes it's a, around every so often. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's not an illegal technique. So why are people so down on it? And it's just like... Oh boy, get the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Watch, find a favourite guy, like find a guy you really love. Sit down, you're having a great time. You've you've watched every bouts, you've had a couple of beers, you're loving life, you see your favourite guy get smashed through to the ground. You know, how do you feel then? Yeah. How do you feel then? I don't know. I mean, I think you're exactly right. Okay, I'll, I'll get you I'll get your temperature on some of these other ones. So so Takakasha Henkering. Hokkaido Fuji. We, oh, one thing about that, sometimes it's the physical aspect of of as well, right? So Hokkaido Fuji, he goes down to his knees. So the camera just they cannot pan in quick enough, zoom in quick enough. They just go on Hokkaido Fuji's face. He's down on his knees. We've all thought that he's going to have a chance for a U show. He's mounting a comeback. There's that whole story, and then all of a sudden he's down on all fours. Like there's a physical aspect of that that tugs your heartstrings as well. Next day. Waka Takakage does the same thing to Takakage. How did you feel about that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think this is why Waka Takakage was uh, gifted the Ginosho mm. because the revenge hanker, it's brand new. Yep. Um, you know, it's a multi-day narrative. It, it felt so right. Yeah. And the thing the is, I, I you know, really I saw a look shoot across Takakage's face before it even hit the dirt and he knew he'd been revenge hankered. Yeah. A brand new feeling for him. Or Revenge Sparkling Haruki Komi. Yeah. <laughs> Hokuto Fuji then hankered Tobizaru. Yeah, well, I mean, well, this is, this is the problem that I see it, Yuki, and I know you agree with me, is that there becomes a cycle of hankers. Yeah. So people are like, well, there's no problem for an executor hanker. It's a, it's a legal move. They can do it. The problem is... They're role models. Mm. And the other rikishis, they see that Ozeki do it and the other sanyaku go, I'll give it a go. Yeah. And then the Maegashira ranks go, yeah, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And then everyone's hankering. Yeah. I feel like we've had a, a time of very few hankers over the last 12 months. I feel like what we're seeing now is an outpouring of uh, pent-up hanker emotion. Mm. Yeah. It's a bad look for the sport. Hoshoryu against Endo. Oh, today. Today. Yeah, well, I mean, this was stupid. Hoshoryu's on 7-7, seven, seven, I get it. And and Endo as well. Oh, so Endo was too. Nanashou, Nanahai, yeah, but. I know. Yeah. That wasn't, I didn't like that because, I mean, I think Takakesho's was bad because he was an Ozeki and you do expect a certain standard of sumo across the board pretty much. Um, and I think that has to apply to somebody who's trying to get to Ozeki as well. So someone like Hoshori yeah, is exactly. so exactly. Uh, keen to establish good sumo and so keen to be someone in the sumo world. You can see it in his eyes every day with every move yeah. that he makes, but he hasn't been able to convert that into wins, enough wins, the wins that he should be, that everyone thinks that he should be getting. There's immense pressure on him. He's not getting the wins. And then maybe because he sees it work for other people, well, and look, he, I, he gives into it. You're right. I mean, the, the temptation was there. He's at 7-7. Seven, seven. He's Sekiwake. He needs the win to maintain that rank. He made a choice. It was the wrong one, but he maintains his rank. He got roasted. And 
because the way the statistics work, with time we will all forget. Let's move on. Let's have a look at the Sanyaku Rikishi's performances in more detail. Yokozuna Terunofuji, he gave us a five win, five loss and four days off. He pulled out on day 10. Now these knees of Terunofuji, they've always been a talking point, but it feels like we've got to the point where this is a critical problem for the Yokozuna. Yeah. Yeah. They're really bad now. I don't know whether it was, I I can't quite tell. It feels to me like it's just time it's accumulating time. Yep. and every single bout just making them worse and worse. I, I'm not sure there was one particular twist or one particular bang down onto the dirt that I could see, but it's the osteoarthritis of both knees that's happening and getting worse over time. And then a contusion of the right knee bone. Is it contusion or contusion? Well, when I went to say it, I was confident, <laughs> but now you say I, contusion. I think it rhymes with confusion. Well, I'm very confused about the pronunciation of this word. I think there's stuff in there. I yeah. think there's fluid. Well, I think there's, there's also stuff a bit in of there that shouldn't. Oh yeah, bone, floating mm. bone or tissue matter. Look, I mean, it, surgery apparently will fix it. Apparently, it's three weeks of rest and treatment. So theoretically, plenty of time to recover. But as you said, these injuries of the knees of Terunofuji, they are accumulating over time. It's not just a matter of a bit of surgery and a three-week fix. It's serious. Yeah. Yeah. And Isagahama said it's just getting worse yeah. and worse. It's something that that could be helped by surgery perhaps is yeah. a better way of saying it. Yeah. But then surgery, the three weeks is without surgery. The surgery then is, I don't know, three months, four months. Yeah. And then... You've got to be a Yokozuna on top of that. I yeah. mean, you can see that he can still pull it out. Day one, he nearly lost to Kiribayama, but he got it under control. You know, like he, he still can pull it off, but it obviously got to a tipping point this time around where he didn't feel like it was worthwhile continuing. Yeah. I mean, his his talent, Terunofuji, is the fact that he can win even when his body isn't at 100%, but... It just got too much this time around. Going Kujo was the right thing for him. And hopefully surgery happens, the recovery happens, and he's back fighting fit in November. Let's move on to the Ozeki. Well, let's start with Takakesho. He did the best out of the three <laughs> Ozeki. He posted a 10 and 5. You wouldn't call this a pretty basho for Takakesho. I've already spoken about the uh, Henker. Yeah. But outside of that, how did you see his performance this time around? Um, quite forced and a little bit overly aggressive, I guess. On day four, he, that was the day where he just pummeled Kodunawaka, slapped him all around the face. Like basically was kind of punching him in the face over and over again. They keep the hand open, of course, but it was absolutely brutal and we saw that for him a couple of times. I mean, his shoves are always brutal and he has to do that to win. And he was he was doing that to win. I mean, he went 10-5. So I really can't complain about the form. It just perhaps is just sometimes the way he wins over and over again can be a little bit um, wearying or not that enjoyable to watch. I mean, I am a Takakesho fan, so... It, it sometimes sure. it sometimes feels like there's not a lot of beauty yeah. in what he does. 
or the beauty is fleeting and inconsistent. Yeah. There's what got him to Ozeki was that beautiful ability to to rhythmically push and dislodge his opponents um, with those incredible uh, supari attacks. What we're seeing now is maybe him having to revert to a bit of thug-like behaviour. But at the end of the day, he's putting wins on the board. And in terms of the Ozeki, he is representing. He is representing. He's the only one representing. And the other thing that's good about him is that when he does struggle, he does seem to have the motivation to keep coming back. The motivation coupled with... um, the strength. And even though you can call him one dimensional, you know, you can say that he's too big. You can say that he's not able to combat a wide range of approaches. Although I debate that because he does. Yeah, he does. Um, He's the only one who's up there and he's in double digits and he's doing his brand of Ozeki Sumo. Well, Technically, you're not right because the other two Ozeki did post double digits, <laughs> but just on the wrong side of the ledger. Yeah. Ozeki Shodai, 4-11. Yeah. He goes back to Kataban status in November. He looked very ordinary, this Basho. Just terrible. And as a Shodai fan, a big Shodai fan, I can say that he looked awful. Um, day one, I was so excited because he shut Toby Zaro down. We didn't know how good Toby Zaro was at that point. Uh, so that's actually better in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> um, short I hadn't won on day one since January. But Gee, that's shocking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that's why I was so excited when it happened. Yeah. But then, yeah, he was just absolutely um, run over. He he beat Takara Fuji. I mean... Well done. Well, a lot of people did beat <laughs> Takara Fuji this time around. Look, it did feel like his back foot sumo was completely absent. Yeah. Um, we've seen him good, do very, very well absorbing the attacks of his opponent, bringing them back to the bales and then, and then doing something creative. Uh, but it's like he didn't have the strength to slow his opponents down this time. You know, we wondered. He went Makakoshi on day nine against Uruhudu, just made it look so easy. And then after that, we were questioning, well, why should I still hear? Yeah. He's Kataban. There's absolutely no advantage to him seeing out the final uh, six or seven days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why he did. I mean, I think he must have an injury. Well, I don't know, but I feel like it's an upper body injury because he's not pushing back or twisting or doing really anything up there, maybe shoulder or yeah. something. But uh, I don't know that. And so if it was that and you're already Makakoshi, it makes a whole lot of sense to go Makakoshi and Kataban. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kataban for next time. It makes a whole lot of sense to go out. Mm. But he's not. he doesn't really do that, Shodai. He doesn't. And I think this is the great uh, paradox of Shodai. Even when he's losing and looking down in the dumps, he turns up. Yeah. And look, there was something that happened yesterday, day 14, where I thought he's still present. He's still there. He was up against uh, Takara Fuji who hankered. Yeah. And again, can't blame Takara Fuji. He's seen all the role models around him do it. (laughs) Shodai read the hanker perfectly uh, and got it together in that bout to get his fourth win. The shots from the Hanamichi where Shodai met his Tsukebito. Yeah. He looked pumped up. Yeah, fist bumped. Fist bumped. They nodded. They well smiled. Done. Let's go for beers. 
you know, this wasn't the look of a ricochet who was sick of sumo. No, or he's who, a funny who, guy. Yeah. So I know this might be a bad thing to say, but I'm optimistic for November. Mm. And look, uh, probably in the long run, he won't be Ozeki for much longer. But it's always a story, isn't it? Yeah. And we've seen him come back from uh, just the sea of disbelief of the sumo fans before. Mm. Who knows what will happen in November? I'll be absolutely rooting for him. And if anyone else can, if anyone can do it, I think probably sure I can. Now, there is a big retraction at this point that we need to make well, here. Well, I need to make it. Yep. Yeah, because I, I went out on a bit of a limb last time. In our post-basho episode in July, I do want to, I want to, I don't want to make excuses, but I do want to give con- some context. I took the mantle of Mr. Sumo from Chiamaru and I gave it to Shordai. The reason I did that is because, well, A, I'd had a few drinks. <laughs> B, Shordai had... Post-basho. <laughs> yeah. B, Shordai had won, I believe, the last four or five days to uh, get his kachakoshi. On the final day, he also caught a zabuton that had been thrown from the audience off his head and threw it away without even breaking uh, eye contact with Terana Fuji, which I thought was the most amazing thing I've seen. And look, put those three things a- and together. And he retied Wakamoto oh, Haru's Mawashi. And he's done that. Put those things together. I can see why I did it. Yeah. When you put it like that, I can see it as well. Now because got, it came out of nowhere well, and it shocked me. I don't want to take it away now. No, I have to take it away. We, we need Look, to retract it. We do. It was a very unpopular decision. Yeah. I, I copped a lot of flack and, you know, I mean, it was weird walking around Bangkok getting greasy looks <laughs> from people and I knew what it was for. Yeah. Yep. So, look, officially on record, Chiamaru, as he should be, is Mr. Sumo. Yep. Yep. He went... Seven and eight yep. at Jury 01. It is yeah. absolutely perfection for Chiamaru. Exactly. He did some great sumo. He did some terrible sumo. Well, look, Still as round as ever, he is Mr. Sumo. Yeah, yeah that sits well. Let's move on. There's another Ozeki, and I can only say this one more time. Yeah. Ozeki Mitakumi. He also went for 11. Uh, he was Kataban, which means that he is no longer Karuban and officially no longer Ozeki, although in November he has one last chance. Ten wins there will put him back in Ozeki's status. But given what we saw uh, over the last 15 days, not a lot of positives for Mitakumi. No, and he totally gave up at the end, you have to think. He sort of seemed to get more and more annoyed or... Angry you know, either with uh, himself or with Sumo, he lost something. If if he was angry or frustrated, I'd see that as a positive. I just thought it was apathy and mm. he was despondent. Mm-hmm. And there's some question around a shoulder injury. I haven't heard anything official, but he his body wasn't there. There was a disconnect. No, he lost six in a row at one point. He beat Nishikigi, I mean, fair enough, but then he... Well, not fair enough. Nishikiki's going all right. Uh, and then lost the final three again. But today against Wakamoto Haru, it uh, just, he let Wakamoto Haru pretty much get, I mean, he came out all right off the touchy eye. Yeah. But then let Wakamoto Haru get around his body and basically let him just Mitakumi himself out. Like he just did 
that no, same just, straightforward pushing sumo that Mitakumi would usually do. What about yesterday, though, against Endo? Mitakumi had put himself in a fairly good position, mm. had Endo on the bales, and yes. it felt like there the old Mitakumi would have lowered his centre of gravity and just forced Endo over. But Mitakumi left the door open, Endo somehow found a way out, and I thought, wow, he can't even put away a rank-and-file ricochet on the bales at yeah. the moment. Yeah. And you said, you mentioned that shoulder injury. The only sign we saw of it um, was on day 12 when he was walking down the Hanamichi and he did do the, you know, the circling of the shoulder. So that possibly is a sign of, of what's happening there. But for me, yeah, it just, you can tell like Chionakuni's body is broken, right? But he always tries. You always see him try something different. He'll come at a different angle. And even if he's run straight over, you kind of never question that he's thought about the bout and then yeah. he's put him, his whole self in. And he's not a Zeki. Yeah. He's, he was Jurio too this time around. Um, so I, I just don't know why Mitakumi can't find that fire. And I actually think you're exactly right with what I said before. He looked annoyed or he looked... Frustrated? No, he he looked apathetic, and yeah. I don't know why he can't find that it, it, annoyance. So even short eye goes floppy short eye. Yeah, it, 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 there's an injury we don't know about. It has to be the case. November, all questions will be answered. Uh, let's move on to the Seki Wake Wakataka Kage. Finished eleven four. After the first three days. I had a lot of questions yep. about what was going <laughs> Terrible on. Terrible start. Terrible start for <laughs> Wakataka Kage. He lost to Kodnawaka. Meisei and then Kiribayama, zero and three. The questions that came to my mind is what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. With he someone can have a tricky start. Who should be the next Ozeki? Yeah, yeah. And that's what everyone uh, thinks is going to happen. And I've never seen as many eyes trained on one man for an Ozeki run as Wakataka Kage. People are always like, eight, seven, is that the start? <laughs> eight, seven, nine, six, is that the start? No, this is the start. Now, of an Ozeki run, I would say, at 11-4. After those three, he won eight in a row. Well, he only lost one other for the rest of the Basho. Lost one more yeah. and then the final three. Looked strong. As we said before, there was nothing that, well, there was nothing to me that, you know, really stood out apart from that <laughs> revenge anchor, which was absolutely beautiful payback. But just really, really good, solid, strong sumo um, that was coming back strongly against guys who were coming out strongly against him. Yeah. Perfect Sekiwake uh, sumo from Wakatakakage. And you think if he just won one of those first three days against Rikishi, he should be knocking off. Might be another Yusho for mm. him. Yep. Great stuff, though. Let's look at our second Sekiwake Hoshoryu. This wasn't a simple uh, matter, was it? His basho. No, and we we sort of touched on it before that we're expecting a lot from him and he's just not quite delivering it. He loses against people he probably shouldn't. He pulls out some moves that aren't really... His sumo can be so fantastic. The kicks, the flicks, yep. <laughs> the movement on the bales, the movement across the doyo. He just can do it all. He's got the movement, but he resorts to perhaps trying to win in some cheaper ways sometimes. Well, I, yeah, 
I do wonder about that. And his uh, opponents are too smart now. They seem to be. I mean, he got off to a great start. He was 4-1 after the first five days. And then he hit a wall. And that wall consisted of both of the Maegashira ones, Tovizaru and Midori Fuji. He then went on to lose to Ura and Sadunumi in a really crucial uh, four-loss streak that he found there. He was hitting some lower-ranked Rikishi who were in fine form, but really the expectation from himself and from everyone is that at Sekiwake, he, sh- he should be beating all of these comers. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in his head before uh, about sometimes. Did you notice that he uh, changed his Mawashi colour um, halfway through? So he was, he's been sporting the red and then he went to a, a baby blue, which mm. um, I, I never know the psychology behind these, um, these quick changes. Yeah, well, it was day nine and, uh, you know, he'd, he was on that four loss streak at that point and he did pick up his luck after changing colours going four and two after that. So maybe it did work. Although to me, Hoshoryu needs to be in that deep red. That's just the colour that works for him. Yeah, he, he held on to it, I think, until the end of the... I'm just trying to find if he had it today. Yeah, he kept the baby blue yeah, right until the, the end. So um, obviously he was hoping that that had bring him something. But yeah, Hoshoryu fans um, are really on board with him, but I'm, I'm still to be convinced. I think uh, with the 8-7, obviously, the Kachikoshi, he'll stay at Sekiwake. But I think there are some other people who, who maybe should displace him. I reckon he should pop down to Komosubi again. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> I think it should be a rare uh, Banzuke demotion for a Kachikoshi and let someone else have a go at Sekiwake. That's my... Uh, my newest idea. Well, final Sekiwake was Daisho finishes on seven and eight. Bit of a rough first week mm. for Daisho. He did win day one against Meisei, then went on a six-loss streak that was only finished on day eight when he beat Ozeki Shodai. Uh, not quite enough for him to maintain that rank at Sekiwake. With a seven and eight, will most likely find himself down in Komasubi. He did stop Hokuto Fuji from getting a special prize today with a win, though. So that was a bit unfair. Thought he could have given it to him. But uh, yeah, seven and eight for Sekiwaki Day Show. Komasubi now. So Abi, he obviously wasn't in this Basho due to injury. So he will uh, drop out, drop uh, quite a way down now because it wasn't due to COVID, it was due to injury. Um, he'll give up his Komasubi position. He had surgery after Nagoya on his right elbow and on one of his ankles as well. So had arthroscopic surgery on both of those. Mm. That's unusual to have it in two different places kind of crop up and have the surgery at the same time. Yeah, well, I guess the, you know, one of the hardest things about surgery is going under general anesthetic. So I what guess... do you think they did at the same yeah, time? I, I imagine. An ankle guy and a elbow guy. Well, you could have them working at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's keyhole surgery in both cases, but I imagine that they'd both have their own keyhole. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, I know. I guess I know. But, Just the surgeon on each yeah. side. <laughs> Hope they're the opposite side, otherwise you'd be oh, know, yeah, hitting each other. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Might need a left-handed surgeon and a right-handed surgeon. Well, hopefully in tandem. that all went all right for Arby. <laughs> and he's uh, recovering well, but we, we, um, we'll see him down at the Banzuke in November. Ichi Nojo was the next Komasubi, and he ended up six and nine, coming off the U-show. Yeah. 
all of that fire that we saw back in July that won him his first U show just didn't appear this time around, did it? We thought it did on day one because he beat Takakesho. He just went out and just was like, boo. Mm. But uh, from then on, yeah, he, he turned into the the real passive version of yeah, himself where he, he wasn't just, initiating as much. Just couldn't find the belt. I mean, he did beat Daesho at Komasubi and Shorai at Ozeki, but just wasn't there. So for Ichinojo, that'll be a very brief stop at Komasubi. He'll leave Sanyaku in November. Kiribayama was the final Komasubi, and here we can see some success at nine and six, the only Komasubi to get Kachikoshi. He beat all three Ozeki, a Sekiwake, and a Komasubi. Did drop some bouts. He probably shouldn't Well, have. again, it's these two M1s that we had this time <laughs> around who caused a lot of problems yeah. for the Sanyaku, Tobizaru, and Midori Fuji. And Kiribayama fell foul to both of them and also uh, lost to Meisei at Maegashira too. And really, Kiribayama, he can go toe-to-toe with the best of the best, uh, but sometimes he can't just punish uh, the upper Maegashira ranks in a way that he should if he wants to keep progressing up uh, to Sekiwake and beyond. It is interesting to see him um, keep going at Terunofuji over and over again because I feel like every time he fights him, he gets closer and closer to beating him. He fought him on day one and nearly got there. Certainly caused the most trouble so far that he has for Terunofuji, which might be due to Terunofuji's own issues, of course, but... I reckon he'll knock him off any well, day now. I think absolutely. It was a late Kachikoshi for Kirubiyama. He only got it on day 14 against Ura and, of course, uh, won on the final day. So that's the Sanyaku. Let's have a look at what we think the Sanyaku is going to look like in November. So Terunofuji will retain his Yokozuna spot. Takakesho, of course, with his Kachikoshi, will retain his Ozeki spot. On the other side, Shodai will come in as a Karaban Ozeki. Big questions around whether he can get that winning record there. Now, at Sekiwake, it gets a bit interesting. So, Wakataka Kage will stay. Hoshoryu will just stay. And they'll be joined by a rikishi called Mitakumi. <laughs> yep. He'll need to get 10 wins. So, he can get back to Ozeki is the way it works. He can unrelegate himself with 10 wins, but that seems a long way off right now. Yeah. A lot of things need to change between now and November for him to get that 10 because there's a lot of talented Rikishi nipping at his heels. We think Kirabiyama at 9-6. Now, this is an interesting one. He is at Komasubi. Now, mm. normally 9-6 would see a promotion to Sekiwake from there, but the Sekiwake spots looks looked very, very locked up. So unless uh, we see a fourth Sekiwake slot unlocked, which I'm absolutely uh, not opposed to, I think that would make a lot of sense, Kiribayama may stay, uh, and historically it's quite rare, but he may stay at Komasubi. Yeah, it does happen. Daesho will, always, uh, will also be there slipping back from Sekiwake, and I'm pretty sure that Tobi Zaru, with his 10-5 at Maegashira 1, needs to be Komasubi at least. And there's a fair argument for him being Sekiwake from there Yeah, too. if there were more Komasubi spots, so there's quite a few guys who could move up. But I think instead there'll be a really stacked upper Maegashira 
level. But Toby Zaru, he really needs to uh, to get in there, I think, with well, the score at M1. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting because I have seen some discourse around the fact that, well, we've got a Yokozuna who's not looking so good. We've got an Ozeki rank who are decimated. Do we need to be pushing more people up into these Sanyaku ranks to prepare our next lot of Ozeki? Don't think so. I don't think so either. No. Nah. You've got to earn it. Oh, exactly. And you're fighting the same people if you're fighting in yeah. Upper Magashira. It's not like yeah. being at Komasubi is preparing you any better particularly. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the Ozeki will, like Wakataka Kago will probably get up there soon. Um, Shodai might stay. There's every yeah, chance exactly, of that. Exactly. Mitakiumi might come back. Terunofuji's not going anywhere for a long time. I think that's a real panic. The, the one real reason why people are starting to panic in that there won't be a Yokozuna. They won't. You can stay Yokozuna for a long time. Think Kakuri. <laughs> I was just going to say <laughs> Think Kakuri. the end of Hakol's career. And sure, they had a lot of success up to when they got injured. But then think Kisnesato. You know, he had just hit Yokozuna when he got injured and he stayed for a really fair while. Kisnesato. <laughs> yeah. Before he before no. he retired. Yeah, well, yeah, he didn't turn up very often. No, he? that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Fuji can stay Ozeki. Yeah. and not turn up for a oh, long Yokozuna. time. So this yep. uh, can stay Yokozuna. Yep. So there will still be a Yokozuna for years. I I want to dig a little deeper though. Like, why do people feel this panic? When they go, maybe there won't be a Yokozuna around, or maybe we'll only have one Ozeki. Like, why are people so stressed out about that? Mm. It's not a requirement of. You mean the JSA? The sport. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the JSA. The JSA. Well, it is. I mean, you have to. If shit. there's no Yokozuna, you have to have a Yokozuna. No, if there's no Ozeki, you have to have a Yokozuna Ozeki. But if there's no Yokozuna, do you have an Ozeki Yokozuna? I can't remember. A, I know, a, I know this somewhere. If a Yokozuna falls in the forest and no one's listening, does it make a sound? Been, that information's been pushed, pushed out by some recent <laughs> AFL information or something. I don't know. Uh, look, yeah, something look. About I mean, Bangkok the thing, transport system. I think if something that the last 12, 24 months has shown us, it doesn't matter what your Sanyaku looks like. You are having amazing basho, amazingly competitive basho. We're seeing people come out of the woodwork to stamp their authority on a basho. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to worry yeah, me no, that I, much. It's really interesting, the perception of what a stacked or a larger or people getting into Sanyaku means. I mean, from for them it means a pay rise. Um, and yeah, it means yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people see them as a Komasubi or a Sekiwake and it means that it goes on your record of that. So once you're, you know, Sekiwake you're, and you retire, you're called former Sekiwake, blah, blah, blah. Sure, but are you, are you putting that on resumes? Probably for your commentary and your <laughs> sumo <laughs> coaching and stuff. I mean, yes, yeah. I would imagine that you are. Would they put in formal job applications for things like that? <laughs> I don't know how Japanese job applications work. I think it'd just be an A4 that just says, I'm Shohozan. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen what Shohozan oh, looks like at the moment? Black, he is hey, red hot. The black suit with the black shirt. Oh, damn. He's already lost, oh. you know, Enough weight, and and they don't have to lose weight straight away. I mean, it's it's better health wise, but you it's know, I, I'm not worried about the weight aspect of it. But he he just looks he looks svelte yeah. 
and he looks super hot. He looks he's, happy. He's done a great job and he's smiling yeah. and he's just getting involved with stuff. So I think he's he's written that down on his resume. He's given it to everyone. They've said, you're hired. Just turn up anywhere. <laughs> you we'll can give start, you eyeballs. You can start Monday. <laughs> Um, what were we talking about? Let's move on. So we've, we've talked about Sanyaku, Maegashira ranks, the two M1s. Yeah. Look, Tobizaru, Midori Fuji, Tobizaru finished 10-5. I think there was a few heads being scratched after the last Banzuke came out. And I think these two M1s were seen as some pretty dramatic over promotions, uh, but how good is it to sit here and look at what Toby Zaru has achieved at this rank? Yep. He looks brilliant. And I think his sumo continues to mature in that way that he's becoming more considered, more strategic, stronger. But there's also that sense of improvisation, that sense of, is fun the right word? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's something that we don't always get to see. And when we see a flash of it, especially as Western sumo fans who are used to seeing it in the different sports that we uh, partake in, you know, it's it's something really special for us. And it's just such a joy to see him enjoying his sumo. And even when he loses, you know, and it's not joy, it's a flash of frustration or just like, I still think it's not joy, but it's still a... No, um, I... I think it's joy. I, I think it's a, can... it's a vibe of sumo. Exactly. It's a vibe. There'll be that wry smile that he gives yeah. when he gets up. <laughs> and to me, my interpretation of that is that was some good sumo right there. Yeah. I lost, but I was part of it and yeah. I enjoyed it. And look, so many highlights throughout his 15 days, beating Terunofuji on day two in just an incredible um, show of strategic sumo knowing what he had to do to beat Terunofuji. And then just when the window opened, he shot through. Yep. Would it be a door opening? Yeah. Not a window because you've got to climb through a window. Oh, well, with Toby Zara, you never it's really know. I mean, he, he yeah. could have clambered through <laughs> a, a very high window uh, by climbing up a, a tree. We don't know with his sumo. It could really be anything and that's the joy of it. He beat Kirabiyama on day 10. That was another big highlight for me. And I think that bout showed something that we were seeing over and over again at a point where he got to a good spot, but then his opponent found the upper hand. He would often from there lose. He just couldn't quite keep going with it. He couldn't quite back it up. And from those points now, he's often winning. He's, he's backing off or he's finding himself oh. the belt. Like he's winning off the belt. I think we saw it. Yeah, the belt sumo, I think, is the big surprise. But I think one thing that's consistent is his masterful control of space and the space between his opponent, keeping them exactly uh, the right amount away where they can't get on the belt or try their style, but he's still close enough that he can start attacking. We saw it done beautifully today against Takanosho. Mm. Kept enough space that Takanosho couldn't get close but it left a, enough room for Toby Zaru to flick his leg in a yeah. couple of times. <laughs> yep. In some, well, the first one particularly was a dodgy Kakanage attempt, but the second uh, attempt at the leg sweep really upset Takanosho's balance and, again, just kicked that door open a bit and yep. Toby Zaru showed himself through. Yep, and he just never really leaves his opponent alone at the moment. So 
um, on day 12 against Nishiki Fuji was another one because Nishiki Fuji is in such good form. And he never really left him alone and just worried him and worried him and worried him and was there from each side. And again, when it came to that point where fair enough, he'd he'd done his style of sumo so far and his opponent was a bit like, uh, then he found a way to win. Yeah. So crucial against Ura, um, against Codnell Waka, a fantastic throw on the bales, beat Ichinojo, uh, beat Meisei. We enjoyed Tobizaru Sumo so much this time around and he, he totally deserved the outstanding performance oh. prize that he got. Did he ever. The, now, the other Magashira one, Midori Fuji, the other Rikishi who saw a big bump in the Banzuke after July, went seven and eight. But look, it's a Makakoshi. He will probably move down to Magashira too. But the overwhelming thing I'm going to come away from this uh, Basho is he just looked very, very comfortable taking it to Sanyaku the great Rikishi around him. A lot of these Rikishi hadn't fought against him before. Yep. Haven't seen his techniques and he really, really uh, made the most of it. That middle weekend though, he knocked off Hoshoryu and Kiribayama on the Saturday and the Sunday and, and I thought this is a glimpse of the future. Yeah, Midori Fuji I, I just enjoy watching as well. When when he and Tobizaru this time around were both winning the, the few times. It was just such a joy to watch and such a um, disruptive Magashira one presence, which was fun to have around. Uh, he did one hanker against Daisho that I, I think <laughs> he can be, I think he is someone who can be tempted into um, an easy win sometimes, yeah. like a bit of a hanker or a bit of a step to the side and maybe that's something he can have a little bit of a think about because he's surrounded by such great Ricochet at his stable as well that, it, you know, can talk with him about that. And, yeah. And he can train with to try to prevent that perhaps. But to have the Katsukashi as a technique, tried and true technique that he sort of can go back to. And you often hear the Japanese commentators before his bout saying, you know, is he going to try that today? And is he going to win with that today? He did it twice this time around. But, yeah. but I think you said it like it, it's a threat that he yep. has. It's yep. a tool that he has when he's moving Don't backwards. let him near your shoulder. <laughs> keep, yeah, keep him off your shoulders, absolutely. So look, seven and eight um, for Midori Fuji, but I, but I think so fantastic having two M1s that were absolute wild cards uh, and Midori Fuji, I think he'll uh, cement himself in these high ranks. Let's move on to Maegashira 2, Kodunawaka. He got an 8-7, picked up that Kachikoshi on day 13 against uh, Takanosho. Where's Kodunawaka at? I don't know. It's a hard I one, isn't it? I can't quite get it because sometimes he'll pull, pull off something brilliant and you're like, yes, that's who he is as a Rikishi and that's what we've seen where he's got when he's got his high scores recently. He, he'll just do that day after day. But this time around, he, he couldn't he couldn't do it. He got his kachikoshi, yes, that's fine, and that's the most important thing. He did beat Shorty. That's not that much of an achievement. He's an Ozeki. the same. <laughs> yep, the same. Ozeki. Daisho Wakataka Kage. Um, but then, you know, lost to Nishi Kigi, lost to Midori Fuji. Um, he, he was being done on the bales a little bit, yeah. like – Shooting, shooting past people, um, I guess because he's bigger and a little bit slower, sometimes that can do him in. I, I didn't think he found his best form this time around. Absolutely. Uh, the other Maegashira too may say, 
He was in a 7-7 battle against Cottesshaw Hall today on day Slammed 15. Slammed him down. He certainly did. And look, I've got to say, great to see Maysay picking up Akachikoshi at Maegashira 2, back where he belongs at the top of the Maegashira ranks. M3, little ricochet called Tamawashi, who we've spoken about. Mentioned him one or two times today. On the other side, uh, Ura. This was, I mean, Ura. Ura. He's a phenomenon. He is a phenomenon. He takes you on a 15-day journey. Yeah. And look, I've been critical of his uh, style that emerged as he went up the ranks, which is that, you know, come in long off the touchy eye, don't engage bend the hips, but from there, play very defensively. That style of sumo is gone. And what we see now is a more attacking, creative era. And I mean, day four against Takara Fuji, we saw an incredible technique. Yep. And they included it in the uh, wrap up, the NHK special wrap up with a special song. And they showed it from a few different angles, the uh, Tute Zori. Tsutayazori. Tsutayazori. It's a word I just cannot pull out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Azori where you sort of lift them up, but you do it from a... You do a little bit of a twist. A little bit of a... The underarm forward body drop. It's a very rare uh, technique, but I wouldn't say this is the cleanest execution of that kimarete I've seen. (laughs) But to do it against... I know, I know. Like, he's got a lot of muscle mass. He's a big, heavy guy, and he's just sort of... It looks like a... um, weightlifter. He, he gets down on his haunches, he puts his hand up and he lifts the body up. It's a, it's a cool um, Kimarite to see and we expect it from Ura and he delivered. He was able to beat Hoshori, which was um, pretty cool just by disrupting rhythm. He's such a yeah. disruptor. Um, he tried to hanker Ichinojo, but Ichinojo came back and, and got him. Um, and then on day 15, yeah, had the 7-7 the matchup against Oho. Poor old Oho, we'll talk about him in a bit. But um, Ura managed to come out on top with that one. But he did seem to injure his knee right at the end. He was well, limping quite a bit. Yeah, going down the Hanumichi was uh, favouring the right leg as he went down. So hopefully nothing too serious there. The knees have always been heavily strapped uh, since his comeback. Fingers crossed it's nothing too serious though. Uh, of 4, Nishikigi, this is... Well, he, he's at his highest rank in quite a long time. Uh, he was at Maegashira 2 in January 2019. So good to see him back up there. Look, after what has been quite a sensational run uh, coming from Jurio 10 in September last year, posting Kachikoshi after Kachikoshi. Uh, so this is his first Makakoshi since September of last year. So a full 12 months. Yep. Didn't look that comfortable. Really up against uh, the best of the best. Well, I know, but what does that say? (laughs) What does that say? Yeah, he was he was failing pretty much against the Sanyaku, and perhaps that's perhaps that's to be expected. But um, you know, we saw him on on day fifteen against Chiatari, just kind of smash him out of the park. So he's keeping a bit of that form. It was. It was so high for him. I mean, he was in the joy. He fought Terunofuji. Like, he yeah. went right up to the top this time around. And they've only fought each other three times. So, And look, in a 12-month period to go from the bottom of Jurio to fighting a Yokozuna, I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to reacclimatize to fighting that calibre of Rikishi. But, you know, with a 6-9, you know, he'll find himself at probably Maegashira 6. Um, it's good to have him back. Yeah. 
I enjoyed watching him go around the other Magashira 4. It was Takiyasu. Now, we've talked about him uh, quite a bit uh, already. He did fantastic, but he couldn't quite pull it off at the end. How did you enjoy uh, Takiyasu look, this time around? Yeah, I thought he was incredibly consistent and, and I think he can walk away saying he did his style of sumo. He looks very, very solid. And look, it didn't feel like this was his Basho to win a U show. I think it could happen eventually if the stars align. But if he can just stay consistent, he's ended up with 12-3, which is an incredible result. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we see him back as a Sanyaku regular very soon. He did get to beat Wakataka Kage, so he got to repay... Uh, that after <laughs> that win a few basho ago. So that was good for him. And yeah, beat Terunofuji as well. So impressive. Magashira 5, Takarofuji had a bit of a shocker. He went 5 and 10, couldn't really muster any power along the way, could he? Well, I think for the businessman, we need a performance review. Mm, yep. Professional development plan needs to be put in place. Quite a serious one because there was zero looking the boys in the eyes. Oh. This time around. Well, I mean, for I really, the kids just see that dad come home and he's just got a big welding mask on <laughs> with sunglasses over the welding mask. That's how much they can't look in his eyes. Yeah. They haven't Jesus. seen his eyes for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Although, look, something happened today I noticed in the crowd. There was a big Takarafuji fan club contingent in at uh, Kokugika. These boys weren't in it, were they? Well. Couldn't see them no, representing. No. I, I don't asked think them he's, to come. They're like, no, that's too shit. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's told the kids what he does for work. Oh. I mean, he packs a little briefcase and they just think, well, middle management, salary man. Yeah. Imports and exports. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done performance reviews. How would you handle his? Oh, geez. Performance reviews don't make any sense to me. Mm. You've got to say, you've got to say, how would the company help you? And you've got to come up with like uh, some weird training modules. Yeah. Oh, modules. What modules could he do? Oh God, getting a couple of wins in the first week. Yeah. Would be the first module. <laughs> how, to, how to do a Zori. How to not be a Zoried. <laughs> how to not be. Tsutaya Zori. Tsutaya Zori. What about. I mean, does he need the, you know, cultural sensitivities? Oh, cultural awareness. Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, he's fine th on that. I think he's got too much awareness. Just more sumo modules. <laughs> <laughs> Look, do you know what? I've got to say, seeing the fan club come out today to support a ricochet who was at, was he 5'9 coming into it? He lost today, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, that's the beautiful thing about sumo. We saw a similar thing with Shorto later on in the day. Big fan club turning up. Yeah. To yep. cheer their boy on for perhaps a fifth win. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's lovely. I mean, do these people fundamentally misunderstand the competition of sumo? Well, the only fan club that we've seen when we've been there is the Mitakumi fan yeah. club. They're big and they all dress up together. The and brown like jackets. 30, 40 of yeah. them. Yeah. The Takarofuji fan club looked like there was like 15, 20. That's still pretty big. Do they all buy tickets together? Like well, do they, they buy a yeah. How do you get a block a of tickets ticket. like that? Yeah. And they have their own special special banners and stuff. Yeah. It's nice. The other mm. thing you do in performance reviews I think is is he has to rate himself. 
What would he give himself? Uh, I'm not familiar with that part of it, but I think five, he. Ten. I, I think he would know. Yeah, he'd go. It's five out of ten, and they're like, well, technically, it's five wins, ten losses. Mm. It's worse than. He's like, no, it's fifty percent. Yeah, it's not fifty percent, mate. <laughs> And that's where the problem be great. was. <laughs> That'd be great. The other Magashira 5, it's Sadanumi. He had more success. He got his Kachikoshi on day 13. And then one more. Uh, had a pretty good one. He was mostly, you know, fighting down actually below Magashira 5. But he did uh, manage to beat Mitakumi and Hoshori. Yeah, great stuff from Sadanumi. Just doing his work at Magashira 5. Pops up with a 9-6. Looks great doing it. This is what you expect from Sadanumi. Another basho for him. Uh, Endo at Maegashira 6, well, he got hankered, as yeah. we said before today, by Hoshoryu to go 7 and 8. Yeah, I don't like to see this. Endo, there's not a lot to say about his sumo. It was average at yeah. best. He didn't show up until the second one. No, that's for sure. he certainly didn't. Uh, at Maegashira 6, Wakamoto Haru. Who's this? Who's this Rikishi has gone 10-5? He is an honest, honest fellow. I mean, come on. Wakamoto Hari, this is his best result in Makuchi. He had a string of 9-6s and threw a little 6-9 in yep. there as well. Why not? But this time he nice. abandons the 6s, he abandons the 9s and goes for a 10-5. Started off with that amazing Uchari backwards pivot throw against Sadanumi on day one. And I tell you what, when I saw that, I thought... Big things are coming for Wakamoto Well, did you think you were going to see another Uchari? Because that's what he did on day three. He did a second one. <laughs> Wasn't quite as clean, but a ridiculous effort. On day three, you know, I, I support Wakamoto Haru, but I was a little bit concerned that his wins were coming with him on the bales. But from look, from day three onwards, I didn't need to worry about that. That's why he feels most more comfortable. He's a tightrope walker. Well, he should do I don't like it. No, I think he looks better when he's buildings. on the belt pushing forward. Um, we saw, well, I mean, he lost to Takiyasu on day five, but that was an epic uh, battle. But yeah, look, did often find himself in spots of bother, but uh, yeah, I mean, day 13 against Daisho, he did that on the ropes again. Uh, finishes off 10-5 at Maegashira 6. Just great to see. And one of the only two who beat the Yusho winner, Tamawashi. Magashira 7, we had a Nosho. He went 5 and 10. Couldn't really find uh, much form this time around. He just got married. We wondered whether, like Shimon Umi, there was uh, a, a bit of an issue there with the uh, yeah. the post-marriage blues. Uh, got his Makakoshi on day 13. Uh, Magashira 8, Tochinoshin. He went 7 and 8. He, at times, was uh, moving well. Sometimes though, not so much. The other Magashira ate Hokuto Fuji. Now, he ended up 10 and 5. Had an absolute uh, blowout of a first week. Just racked up uh, win after win. Went to 9-0, I believe. And it was only Takiyasu who uh, broke that run on day 10. <sighs> Look, I mean, there was a lot of pressure on Hokuto Fuji after that first weekend had wrapped up. People were thinking, is this it? Is this a U show for him? He's a second week specialist. But a, a quick look at the uh, people he's been fighting and the people he hadn't fought yet showed that he'd been fighting down and yep. fighting around his rank for most of it. Uh, and 
predictably when we got to that second week and he started coming up against the higher ranked opponents, he struggled a bit there, but you know, it did find some success. He broke that three day losing streak on day 13, dodging that Tobizaru attack and, you know, found that 10th win. He did have a real eye issue and I, I can't remember which day uh, it got done to him, but his eye was almost swollen shut and from then on he had a bandage. We well, tried the bandage, which never stays on during a bout. It always gets knocked off. Well, you saw it uh, in the bout today against Daesho. It flew off straight at the touch. Yeah, I big right. Band-Aid flying off into the crowd. Some yeah. happy fan would have picked that up. Oh, yeah, just framed it, rubbed mountain. it on their face a bit. <laughs> Yuck. Um, but, yeah, I think that. When you get a face injury and you're going in with your face at the touchy eye, like he wants to do, he always leads with his body. I th- I wonder whether that played into it because he seemed to be so confident in the first week. And I know he was fighting down V fighting up as well. Of course, that came into play. But I wonder whether he just had that little bit of extra uh, carefulness. Yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> and then it, it played into his sumo. Certainly did. Hokuto Fuji, though, well done. A 10-5 is nothing to sneeze at. It's fantastic. Mike Shira 9, Kotoeko, will we be playing the theme song? We will not. He went 6-9, and nine. unfortunately going Makakoshi on day 13 against Hirida Umi. Uh, look, I think Kotoeko looked good throughout this basho on the surface but just couldn't pick up the wins. The other Mike Shira 9, Myogiryu found his way to an 8-7 Kachikoshi. Very, very good to see. Yeah, that was great from him. I mean, he always picks up some really great wins and some ones that that disappoint. Some that got away. <laughs> yeah, some that got away. Uh, Kachikoshi, though, at Maegashira 9, that'll give him a little bump. And then at Maegashira 10, we had Nishiki Fuji. He went 10 and 5 as well and really, really impressed. Huge success at his highest rank. Started off really strongly with wins on day one and two. Uh, and he finished off with a win and he got his Kachikoshi on day 10 against Wakamoto Haru, who is in extra good form by breaking his belt hold, which is not um, an easy thing to do. Just pulled off some amazing moves. He's fighting at his highest rank, Maegashira 10. And look, things were looking very, very good. Uh, Nine and two Mm. coming into the final uh, few days there. But that uh, three losses in a row against Tobizaru, Tamawashi, Takakesho. I mean, three big names to lose against. Uh, stalls him out on uh, nine, but he, he won today against Kodnawaka to take him to 10 with a beautiful Okudi Dashi. I and mean, that's a good win, Kodnawaka. It's, it's a great win. And look, really, I think for Nishiki Fuji, this was mostly about consolidating himself at uh, Maegashira. It's a 10 via two. Well, exactly. And so back in July, we saw him at Maegashira 17. He went 10-5. And now at Maegashira 10, he's done the same score. You put those two things together, plus the fact that he went uh, 11-4 Yusho before he entered the top division, you really feel like something's building for this young man. Well, he's probably, would he be the most in form Rikishi at Isagahama now? So more than Midori Fuji, definitely more than Teretsuyoshi. Well, uh, I mean, it's hard. Fuji had to pull out. It's hard. Takara com- Fuji. It's hard to compare because Midori Fuji did seven and eight at Maegashira 1. Yeah, sure. His 15 days looked very, very different. But, yeah, look, in terms of wins on the boards, Nishiki Fuji is red hot right now. What's he going to do next time? I'm so excited to see. The other Magashira 10, Takanosho, 
went eight and seven. Now, him being down so low uh, after being injured, I thought that he would wreck. Uh, he did collide head to head with Kotashoho on day one and was bleeding from his head. We never like to see that. It's always a bit of a worry. It didn't seem to affect him. He did win on day two, but you never really know. I mean, he was he was fighting like he always does, strongly pushing forward, moving well. But there were just those times where he would get um, he would get overrun. Someone would get in a good position Look, against him. I think this basho could have looked very different for him at Magashira Ten. Um, picked up his kachikoshi on day twelve against Chiyoshima, and then lost the final three days against Kodnawaka, Ryudan, and Tobizaru. So, you know. Put one or two of those wins on the board, a nine or ten. Got the Kachikoshi th- blues. We, you know when you take your foot off the Oh, the yeah, yeah, you relax, yep. I know that feeling very, very well. Uh, but <laughs> an eight and seven, still a Kachikoshi for him. At Maigashira 11, Chiyotaru racked up a six, nine. Look, that weapon that he's had of the great touchy eye seems to have disappeared. Mm. Um, it's been replaced with... You know, a softer touchy eye. But when you take the power out of the Chiyotaru touchy eye, then you don't have the danger of him pulling down when you come back. Harder for him to find wins. Doesn't look as comfortable on the belt. Um, and we'll see a little bit of a slide from his Maigashira 11 position. The other Maigashira 11, Kotashoho, unfortunately, a 7 and 8 Makakoshi. And he was fighting for it on day 15 came up against Maysay on 7-7 seven and seven, but didn't quite work out. No, started with three losses, ended with three losses, still looking for a bit of form. Kotashoho, he uh, got slapped down at the end, which is an ignoble way to go out. Certainly is. Magashira 12, Ryuden. And weren't there some people yelling his name from the crowd again because he went 11-4. and four. He had a bit of a um, bit of a tricky time in the first week and we wondered, we've been wondering this whole time, along with other others, I'm sure, about when he'll hit his ceiling, you know, and when he'll get back to that position where people are like, oh, yeah, Ryudin, we know how to fight him. He'll sort of sit at that position now. And we thought that that had come in the first week when he started losing and he lost quite a few Well, he was row. one and four after the first five days. He lost to Ichiyamamoto, Oho, Kotashoho, Okunumi. And I think at that point, I thought, well, maybe this is where he tops out. He responds by winning every uh, other bout after that. So perfect record from day six to day 15. Looked fantastic. He really did. And uh, I need to, I feel like I need to go back and watch them all again, one by one. Someone needs to make me a read-in compilation because... I don't feel like he's using the hips as much as he did before. He's not relying on always keeping his hips out of reach and and sort of wriggling away. He's just a little bit more solid, perhaps, and a little bit more stable. And but I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint it after this. Basho. Well, and that's the genius of Ryudin because he can't pinpoint it. Yet he's won eleven bouts, yeah. and he'll see a very very healthy bump. Um, from Maigashira 12, you would imagine. Yeah, he was never really in the Yusho race, was he? Because no. he was he just was those just few off. behind. Yeah. Yep. yeah, no prizes for him, but he can sleep really well tonight. So Maigashira 12, the other 
Um, Okunumi, six and nine. Uh, he got his Makakoshi on day 14. Makashiro, 13. Ichi Yamamoto, another six and nine. He got his Makakoshi on day 13. Just couldn't get the the thrust yeah. to work and was pushed backwards or thrust down yeah, way too just, often. Ichimamoto is having a really tough time converting wins. I think his touchy eyes are good, the opening attacks are good, but it's what he does after that. It's yep. just not, not happening for him. Uh, should still hang around in uh, Makuchi at Makushiro 13 with a 6-9, you would imagine. Oho finished... On seven and oh, eight, Makakoshi. Devastating. And he was up against Ura today. It was a, there was a lot of hype around this uh, particular bout, both Ura and Oho coming in at seven and seven. Uh, Ura just a bit too good. Oho looked really disappointed after this one. Well, he should be because he started 5-0 um, and then he started to lose. And the same as in January when he first came up to Makuchi, he lost his final five bouts. So he was trying to get that. Eighth win, five times in a row, and he didn't get it. It's and and in May and July as well, he lost his last two bouts. So he's got a real like finishing yeah, off it's problem. A, it's in his head a bit, isn't it? Yeah, he needs to somehow push that aside and just take it day by day. Do yeah. his style of sumo. Yeah, that's right. Because he gets close. He's really yeah. strong at the moment. Ura, he pushed Ura well, uh, but then he just gets moved around yeah. a little bit, and he he couldn't find that kachikoshi. It's not. A disaster this time. He won't go back to Jurio like he did in January uh, when he was at Mogashira 18. He's at 13 now, so it's mm. not a disaster for him, but it is disappointing and you could see it on his face. Someone who will go back to Jurio, though, it's the Mogashira 14, Yutaki Yama. Yeah, he finished on 4 and 11 and very uh, few positives can be drawn from the last 15 days for Yutaki Yama. Look, quite honestly, I think a bit of time in Jurio might do him the mm. world of good because right now there's not a lot of positive sumo coming from him. Chiyoshoma, the other Mogashira 14, though, finishes off uh, 9 and 6. Look, we do need to uh, be upfront. There was a dog act. Big henker on day four against Hiroki Yeah, who, who picked day four as the henker day? Oh, we forgot to tell you we were uh. running the competition? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but, I got it. I got the T-shirt. But Chiyoshoma rallied well and, look, really, I, I think his sumo when he's not henkering is on point at the moment. Looks so great on the belt. He's got great set of legs underneath him uh, and a 9-6 is a good result for him. Uh, another rikishi who will be leaving Makuchi is Tsurugisho, finishing on 5 and 10. Couldn't tell you where those five wins came from, to be honest. But the big news, the other Magashira 15, mm. Teretsuyoshi, 6 and 9. Yeah, he was being chased around. He had uh, some success with, you know, leg picks and and the smaller guy sumo. He really went for the small guy sumo this time around and it, it sort of came back to bite him. He couldn't couldn't find a lot. And I think he's in real trouble here at Magashira 15. It really depends on how this Sanyaku yeah. plays out, which determines how many Magashira positions there'll be at the bottom. He could, you know, if there's a 17 uh, or even an 18, he could stick around. Look, I, I think mathematically it's a possibility, but I think it's – it's wishful thinking. I think so too because I think at the top of Jiria there's quite a few, we'll talk about this yeah. in a second, there's quite a few guys who are ready to go and, and have the scores to come up. Look, 
And it seemed that Teretsuyoshi knew too, because when he prepared the salt today to heave up, he put an extra helping oh, no. as he launched it uh, towards the... Oh, I didn't the, catch that. Yeah, it was a That's big, sad. big handful of salt. I think the crowd who knew enough about sumo appreciated it. Uh, I think it's definitely back to Jurio for Teretsuyoshi. And I hope he's not there too long. We were talking um, er- earlier in the week that that trio of small rikishi who just thrilled us over the last few years, yes. your Enho, Ishiura, Teretsuyoshi, have now all exited uh, Makuchi Teretsuyoshi being the last. Enho, as we've spoken about, is, you know, there's flashes of brilliance, mm. but he feels very hard stuck in Jurio at the moment. Ishiura has been out now for two plus bashos. Yeah, well, we were just talking about this today. He's uh, He was meant to come into this basho at uh, mid-Makushta yeah. or high to Makushta mid. 10 or something. Yeah, high high Makushta, and, but didn't enter at all. So yeah. he's just plummeting. He is. And now with Teretsuyoshi leaving, it, it feels like a... An era has changed. Yeah, and are there any small guys replacing coming up separately? Not, no, not, not. not in the same way. Yeah. Anyway, look, he fought valiantly, Teretsuyoshi. Uh, as he said, some great leg picks, some creative sumo, but just not enough wins on the board. Teretsuyoshi, six and nine. Mitoru. Yeah, the saddest, the loneliest yeah. guy in sumo. He did not have success. No, coming oh, in on debut in Makuchi at Magashira, 16. Mitoru, the loneliest man in sumo, posted <laughs> only a 5 and 10. He, he had a particularly bad second week, uh, went 2-6 since Nakabi. I wondered how much this is the, the weight of expectations of being up in Makuchi being that only rikishi in your hair yeah. energy. Yeah. Just no support day to day. Yeah. Who's his tsukebito? Does, does he have to get them from other Oh, I think it, yeah. I mean, he'd, he'd drive himself there. Oh, he'd take the train, surely. Probably he'd take the train. pop himself yeah. on the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was just getting smacked down a lot. I mean, he's slow, but when he moves forward strongly, you know, that will overrun his opponent, but he was just getting smacked down and run around. I I wonder if he won't be back here very soon and do a bit better. Yeah, I hope so. I don't think he'll be in Jurio very long. Also, could they get someone else? Just one other person. Yeah. He needs a mate. Uh, we, we've spoken a little bit about Hirodumi at Magashira 16. He finishes with a 7 and 8 losing record. Uh after a heartbreaking loss against Aoyama, uh, who wasn't really playing for anything. I think he came in Aoyama already with his Makakoshi. Yeah. Well, we've, I mean, we skipped Aoyama along the way. I think we didn't even yeah, mention him, him, but yeah. um, he really has reverted back to the pool. So I think he was losing so many that he totally abandoned his newer Oshi style that was seeing some success, but totally went back to the hold up, hold up, pull, and it actually worked for him. Well, today, yeah, I mean, today there's a little bit more that he had to do. I thought Aoyama showed some positive footwork uh, to stay out of the way uh, of um, Hirodumi. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's Hirodumi who is facing 
uh, a trip back to Jurio. I'm quite devastated about this. I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind, you know, going down and coming up a couple of times. I, I think it's character building, I suppose. But I think a lot of people had quite a bit of an investment in Herodomi and him doing well and thought that at least that he would do better than he did. Yeah. Look, he certainly didn't disgrace himself. And again, quick trip back to Jurio to reset the clock and we'll see him back, I'm sure, posting a better score than seven and eight. Well, a few ricochet that we've mentioned are going to be leaving the top division. We've spoke about Teretsuyoshi. Tsurugisho will certainly leave Yutakiyama, Mitoriu and Hiroduumi. That's what we're sure about, but the Banzuke is a funny thing. Okay, to wrap up Makuchi, we are introducing a new segment that we are calling... Love a segment. It's a segment. It's a segment. It's a segment. It's the Sumo Mainichi Top 5 Bouts. These are the bouts that we thought were the top, and there are five of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say too much more than that. We're simple Australians. We're Australians and we're simple people. We've got five and they're they're our top. Top. Uh, So we're going to go through these in no particular order. Yes, yes. There's no alphabetical order. There's no no best to worst. There's no worst to best. Just top five. Top five. The first one, day one, Wakamoto Haru against Sadanaumi. Wakamoto Haru's amazing Uchari backwards pivot throw when it looked like he was absolutely out of it on the bales. Yeah, set the uh, crowd on fire with that one. Top bout. Top bout. <laughs> Nishiki Fuji, day five. Well, he got hankered by Chiatari, but he stayed in play. He was turned fully around on the bales. Nishiki Fuji was facing outwards, but then he spun a full 360 degrees around Chiataru and pushed Chiataru down as he came past. Amazing from Nishiki Fuji. Top out. Top out. I should say, you can watch these on Nato Sumo. So we've we've been watching our recaps on either Kintamiyama or Nato. Um, Nato does a helpful, like, um, bout by bout. Um, They're chapter markers on chapter YouTube. Chapter markers at the moment, which so you can find these bouts uh, fairly easily. Next, top five bouts. Toby Zaru, day nine. It was his throw on the bales against Kodnawaka. This was uh, what I saw at the time as a battle for Sanyaku because I thought that Konowaka and Tobizaru were really vying for that position. It, it, it didn't turn out to be, but it was just a fantastic throw by Tobizaru. Top out. <laughs> Top out. Uh, another one, uh, Midori Fuji. Yeah. Day seven versus Hoshoryu. They're in a list. Yeah, we've got a list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, incredible uh, speed and improvisation from Midori Fuji against Hoshoryu, who's mm. so, so good. Top out. Top out. Tobizaru, uh, our final bout is Tobizaru, who, who featured in this. We actually had heaps from Tobizaru. We had the cull, uh, but it was basically all of Tobizaru's bouts where he won. But day 11 was what we settled on. Now, this might seem a bit of a strange top bout in that it was the one against Ura where we just saw both of them do their style of sumo, which was both very cautious. They were both staying away from each other. They were circling each other. They were slapping each other away. And it was just so cool to see both of them doing um, their strategy against each other. And Toby Zoro found his way in for a leg pick and then was able to throw Ura to the ground. And it wasn't necessarily the outcome that... 
I had imagined oh, or the not. way I had imag- imagined it happening. Top out. And it was his kachikoshi as well. So, so good. Uh, if you disagree, and I'm sure you will, list your top five bouts yeah. <laughs> on any social media platform that uh, you choose. So just to recap, Wakamoto Haru day one against Sadanumi, Nishigifuji on day five against Chiataru, Tobizaru day nine against Kodnawaka, Midori Fuji day seven against Hoshoryu, and Tobizaru day 11 against Ura. So there was some news as well about a retirement. And this was a guy who we had seen uh, when we started watching, or just a bit after we started watching Sumo uh, in Jurio. Um, a much-loved Rikishi who's been a- around for a long time. Um, Jokoryu, he retired on day 13. He's 34 years old. He fought his bout in Makushta at Makushta 33 he lost. He went one and six. That's fine. He felt like it was the end. He wanted to do some smiling, some retirement smiles, and uh, he didn't wait until the end of the basho. He just uh, called it straight away, announced his retirement. And, yeah, he's just a guy who we, we thought we should acknowledge because he has been in sumo for a long time. He certainly has. And I think he, he went – so he went one six. So I think it, while it wasn't the final day of the basho, it was his final mm. bout. Mm, mm. Um, of the basho. Yep. Uh, a pity it's a loss for him. Well, I uh, think maybe that's on. what contributed to it. You yeah. Know? He, he's dropped down from Jurio again. That was a while ago. And now he's not going well in Makushta either. He's listening to his body. He's seeing all his mates having a good time who he's been going through sumo with. He, um, he was in 68 basho in total, 15 in Makuchi. And he got up to the highest rank of Komasubi. That's very, very impressive given the small number of Basho there. Absolutely. Because when we were watching, we only saw him in Jurio. Yeah. So that was quite a while ago. He got a Kimboshi against Haramafuji. I mean, wow. who hasn't? Um, no offence, Haramafuji. It's just that he gave away three, a few Kimboshi. Um, yeah, he got to Sanyaku really quickly, Jokori, but then, yeah, as a lot of guys, I was pretty plagued by injury well, and just kept bouncing around. And it's not all that long ago that he was in Juria. It was only May of last year. Yeah. That he was yeah, at Yeah, he came back 7. again. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. So he's from uh, Kisebea. He started off in Kitanumi Bea, moved to Kisebea, um, which is the stable with Tokushoryu Urak in Bozan, um, Kitanumi, Shimanumi, a whole lot of Lots great of guys. Akisayama as well. So there's, there's quite a few older yeah. rikishi there who – you know, maybe he'll he'll chill with in in. I mean, he's only thirty four. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's it's over the hill in sumo unless you're Tamawashi. But there's a few, you know, Tokashoryu as well. There's a few who might be thinking about retiring soon. But he has pulled the pin first, and he's joined Twitter. So if you want to follow Jokoryu, if you know him or you want to get to know him now that he's out of sumo, I don't know what he's going to do. I haven't oh, heard look, anything about his I plans. I wonder what his plan content-wise is. I hope he opens a restaurant. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a lot of sumo-adjacent content. Yeah, well, you can search for um, Jokori underscore and then it's something, but I'm sure it'll come up if you search <laughs> Jokori underscore on Twitter. Um, and he put up this lovely post about everybody supporting him. Um, and it seems like he's got a lot of fans over the years. So that was some big 
uh, retirement news. Uh, the lower divisions, of course, there was a Yusho winner for all of those. So John Okuchi, it was Otani. Uh, in his first basho, he went 7-0. and zero. He's from Miyagino Bea, uh, which is Hakuho's uh, stable. He's from Okinawa. He's 22 years old. And he's come straight from Nihon University, a very prestigious, prestigious um, sumo university. And he's a massive, he's such a big guy. And he's already apparently had a little bit of trouble with being a bit um, aggressive. Well, he likes to give his opponents an extra push off the doyo. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the Dameoshi, a bit rough. He's had a talking to, a couple of talking tos mm. apparently. From the Gyoji when he does it. And you could you could even see it in his... Um, oh, he did it today. John Okuchi oh, win. Was that today? No, the other day when he won the... Yeah. You show. Yeah, look, I mean... Just an extra push. He's 22 years old, you know, obviously very competitive. It's something he does need to remove from his sumo. I'm sure he will. Yep. So on it, Otani... Uh, John Okuchi, you show. Johnny Dunn, we saw a playoff today. This was um, close to our hearts because it was between Takahashi, who's from Nishonoseki Bayer, so Kisunasado's stable, and uh, Chio Daigo from Kokonoe Bayer, both uh, 23 years old, and Takahashi won. So there's a great photo um, on Twitter of uh, Nishonoseki Oyakada in the back seat of a car with Takahashi in the front. Don't know what's happening there, just looking very happy. But Takakashi, Takahashi won. Um, he started in May, Car Park Sumo in May, won the Jonokuchi Yusho, now won the Johnny Dunn Yusho. Yeah. So great prospect for Nishonoseki. A- absolutely. I think this is their first superstar in the making. Uh, Sundame was run won by Oshomi. He went 7-0. and zero. He's a 21-year-old from Naruto Bea. Again, he's only been around sumo for a couple of years. Uh, 2020, he debuted uh, and did actually before find his way to Makushita 7, but now coming back to injury and won the Yusho from Sundame 78. And Makushita was won by Daiseryu at uh, 7-0 from Kisabea. Um, he's been in sumo since 2011. He's been in Makushita for a long time. He has been up in Juria a couple of times. He's also changed his name a billion times. Um, he used to be Daiseido, uh, which is, I think, how I knew him. But yeah. now Daiseryu. Um, we, a lot of people expected Asanoyama to win Makushita, but he lost about, he lost about to Yuma. And um, so then... Daisaryu came up against Yuma as the other unbeaten rikishi. Now, this loss for Asaniyama means that obviously he won't be promoted to, not only will he not get a Makushita Yusho, he won't be promoted to Jurio. He finished at six and one. So he's got one more to go to try to get up there. Yeah. I mean, you can lose one. It's fine. He'll get there. No problem. I mean, I think that was, that was just, you know, just talk really. Yeah, yeah. People Something are like, about. oh, will he get to jury? Will he get to jury <laughs> if he gets seven zero? It's like, who cares? Like, he'll get there eventually. Yeah, he it's absolutely fine. will. He looked fine. Yeah, and Yuma beating him was was pretty cool yeah. actually. It was two big guys, uh, and he just got outmuscled at the last. He got kind of chucked to the side at the last moment. So, good sumo by Yuma, and the Jurio Yusho was won by Tochi Musashi. Man, didn't he look the good? Jurio 14. Yeah, Jurio 14. Won it. He was 
12-3 in the end, I believe. Yes. Uh, no, 11-4 actually. Oh, he 11, lost four. today. Oh, he did too. Yeah, he, he did, lost yeah. his last two days, which um, ah, I think matter. after he won the yeah. show two days ago, he was just like, ah, well. Pressure's off. And look, I mean, Tochi Musashi just looked incredibly efficient over the last two weeks. Uh, it will be a force to be reckoned with. Injurio in the short term, but it looks like with the way his body is and his sumo, the way I'm seeing it now, I think he'll be a very strong Makuchi Rikishi in the future. Yeah, he's such a big guy, isn't he? And he came through university, I think, with a whole lot of those those other um, uh, of other guys who are in sumo at the moment and, yes. and very motivated. So Kimbozan's part of that. Kimbozan, I think, was a, it a Tami Fuji? Fuji? Yeah. It's like this whole new wave. I know, all the mates are fighting together as well. Yeah, it's fantastic to see. Because they've all gone to different stables. Um, I mean, Jurio overall, there was a big run of 7-7 bouts today. Was it four bouts in a row of Nanashaw Nanahai? It's so exciting. Yeah, it shows how close Jurio was this time around. Yeah. Apart from uh, Tochi Musashi hogging uh, 11 wins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it really was um, close to the sumo Mainichi dream of everybody yeah. achieving Kachikoshi this time <laughs> around. It's just unfortunate that quite yeah. a few of those people on 7 and 7 had to lose in, yeah. the, um, in the last moment. Hokuseiho was one well, talking point, was, wasn't he, in yeah. Jiryo? I mean, it's hard not to pay a lot of attention to Hokuseiho. His you know, physically dominant presence when he steps up onto the dojo. But of course, all of the hype that is around the 20-year-old, the Hakuho prodigy. I am waiting to be impressed. Uh, And while we saw a really, really strong start from Hokuseiho, his sumo still looks a bit unrefined. And it felt like in the second week, the opponents that he faced clicked and found different ways to beat him. Yeah, yep. I think a lot of our talk about him, because we, we kind of haven't been as on board perhaps as other people. Oh, uh, I just, I'm just waiting for him to do something to impress me. Yeah, so we were talking about, but we were kind of shown the other side of him in the first week because people couldn't beat him. We're like, maybe he is unbeatable. He's so yeah. tall that once you get your hands on the belt, you can't lift him because yep. you're having to lift higher than your shoulders. Defensively, there's no doubt about it. He's very, very hard to move. But it was cracked open by Kitnawaka on day 10. And what he did was twisted. Mm. And I think that's a key in combating Hokuseiho because he was able to, instead of trying to lift him up or push him back, neither of which seemed to work because he stands so upright and he's so tall, the twisting, his feet are so close together that the twisting actually uh, works really well. And we saw another technique today by Azamari, who beat him by bumpeting, but almost bumpeting with the knees. Yeah, well, so he keeping was using his, his legs close together as well. Yeah, it was quite incredible to watch, actually. Kept him locked up in the upper body, but just used his knee to kind of bump mm. Hokuseiho in the thigh to make him give ground. Not in a, you know, nasty, pointy way. It was just a, just kept him moving backwards with the legs. Yeah. It was really impressive sumo from Azamari. Very clever. Yeah, I thought so too. Another uh, guy we watched a lot, of course, like everyone else, is Enho. We've talked a bit about him already, but he went six and nine at Jurio seven. He had some impressive bouts. When he can get on the belt and tug down and spiral people around and around um, and get them down that way, it's still working. But um, 
in the end, in his final bout, he ended up limping off the diet. Yeah, that was surprising to see, wasn't it? That suddenly, you know, I mean, the way he fought today was the way he fights every day. He puts his body on the line to try to find a way to win when all hope is lost, but seemed to hurt him a little bit today. I'm really, really at ease with Enho being a really entertaining, um, still very impressive, but consistent Jurio Ricochet. Yeah, well, 6-9 at Jurio 7, no yeah, disaster. No disaster. He'll stay in the Jurio rank. I don't think we'll see him back in Makuchi again. Oh. Well, Oof. let's be real. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be And right. I just wonder whether, you know, as we are talking about before with Teretsuyoshi moving, is it moving out, is it... Is it not as viable as it was two or three years ago for a smaller ricochet mm. to find success? Well, Terrence Yoshi will be down with him this time well, around, so we'll see what both of them can do. Well, that'll be a tasty prospect when they face up against each other. <laughs> it really will be. There's a few guys who will be out of Jurio. Tochimaru, he would not relinquish the Tsupari attacks. Oh, man. He has a special kind of Tsupari attack. It's the one that doesn't push his opponent back. And it's a real problem because in sumo, he's trying to move his opponent back. Yeah, exactly. It looks fantastic. It thrills the crowd. It thrills me personally. It just doesn't work very well. People have learned to dodge it. They've learned to grab his arm. They've learned to go underneath. They've learned to go over the top, around the side. People can beat Tochimaru. You can just stand there. Yeah, because it actually doesn't do that much no. to you. I mean, it smacks you in the face. Yeah, I mean, you get a few smacks, but... You get smacks. Um, Jurio 13, he went 2 and 13. So that's a definite demotion to Makushita for Tochimaru. Asano Waka um, at Jurio 5 didn't participate at all. I believe he went Kujo, so I think that will mean that he is definitely out. Of- right, so it's not a rank-free situation? I don't think so, right. but we'll definitely see. <laughs> And I think maybe Gonoyama as well. He tried his best. He looked strong, but um, only was able to achieve the six and nine at Jurio 12. So I think he will vacate. It's not a certainty, though. It's not a certainty. Fingers crossed for Gonoyama. Absolutely. Uh, It's not all bad news, though. Uh, Take us through the Jurio Rikishi who we may be seeing in Makuchi in November. Yeah, well, neither of the two Jurio ones uh, will return. So that's Shimano Umi and Chiamaru, both uh, Makuchi stalwarts. They just didn't have a great one. I mean, Chiamaru got seven and eight, but Shimano Umi, I think, four and 11 or something. Chinakuni at Jurio two as well um, clawed it back in the second week, but um, got six and uh, nine, I think, or. Yeah, six and nine. So he won't be back either. So the first uh, Rikishi from Jurio that'll be going back is Azamaru, who went nine and six at Jurio two. This will be his seventh time in Makuchi. Usually he only stays for uh, one or two basho and then drops back down. So we'll see how he goes this time. And the next two at Jurio three, Atami Fuji and Tohakuyu both went eight and seven. They both lost today. They were both looking for that final win just to, that really would have pinged them up there for a almost definite, I reckon, uh, Makuchi spot, but um, neither of them won. So they both sit at eight, seven at Jurio three, but I, I do think there'll be spots available for probably at least Atami Fuji, which will be absolutely huge. We'll replace one Isagahama Rikishi with another. And Kagiyaki at Jurio 4, he's such a level check for some of these other 
Rikishi, I swear, they come up against him and they think they're going to blast through him and he's just there like the big solid robot that he is. I still like seeing Kagiyaki go around, whether it's in Jurio or Makuchi. I think he can cause trouble wherever he is. Totally. And he went 9-6. He did cause trouble. He did. Whether that's enough to get him back to Makuchi, I cannot quite tell this time around. And let's face it, no one knows. (laughs) (laughs) But we will find out. So uh, good luck to Kagiaki. Well, I think that is Aki Basho wrapped up. Epic. Epic. It was good. It good was basho. really good. Yep, it was really good. It was lovely to watch in a um, on a tropical island. It was. In um, a small little pool in our hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> it was great with a sunset going down behind, picturesque. Um, but congratulations to Tamawashi. It's his second year show and just couldn't imagine a nicer fellow for it to happen Absolutely. To. Um, In terms of Sumo Mainichi, we'll be back with our Banzuke episode two weeks uh, before the November Basho kicks off. In terms of the uh, November Basho, we'll be doing a pre and post episode and we'll also be live streaming and commentating Jurio on days... Yeah, we couldn't do that this time around. We really missed it. we couldn't. Uh, We'll be doing that on day one, day eight and day 15. And if you'd like to give to the Sumo Mainichi Sake Fund, then you can at Sumo Mainichi's PayPal. That's sumomanichi at gmail.com is the thing I forgot to say before. But you also don't have to. No, no, but please. But if you want to, you can. You can. We buy yummy sake and we drink it and we do the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very basic premise. But it works. (laughs) Yeah. We have a good time. Thank you so much for talking sumo with us and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. And we will see you for November. See you. Bye. Yeah.